Good to be with you this morning and uh, bring you greetings from metropolitan downtown Mangum. I said, we live two blocks from downtown, two blocks from out of town. And, uh, but it is good to be with you. I appreciate Brother Bo Colley. Uh, Brother Bo and I have been friends for almost as long as I can remember. And I can remember a long time. But uh, I knew Bo when he was on our church, our staff at our Louisiana Baptist Convention way back years ago. And now we serve both of us as directors of missions. Uh, I have all of Franklin Parish, which is Deer Creek Association. So instead of one church to help take care of, I got 31. And, um, but uh, Bo called me this week and he said, Eddie, are you preaching anywhere this Sunday? I said, not this Sunday. And he said, how about Newton? I said, okay. I said, just what time do I need to be there? So it's good to be with y'all. Glad Donna could be here with us today. Donna and I just celebrated our 53rd anniversary back in August. Um, God's been good to us. We have two boys. Uh, our oldest son, David, is going tell pastor at First Baptist Church, Woodbridge, Virginia. And basically, he's their missions pastor. And... Uh, he and Jamie, our daughter-in-law, they have twin girls, which are 12. Molly and Emma, they are the light of our life. And uh, that's our only grandchildren. So uh, we got to be much older grandparents, but uh, love them. Our youngest son, Jason, is our bachelor. Jason is, uh, lives in Start. He works for Brookshire's Grocery Company in uh, West Monroe. And he is a member at First Baptist Church in Monroe, and that's where he is right now. So uh, we, are, we are blessed. Uh, Don and I went to our first pastorate. We were married two weeks. And um, I tell people, I said, we didn't know anything about being married. We didn't know anything about preaching. Didn't know anything about pastoring. Had all three of them at the same time. And uh, God has been good through the years. And uh, we, have, uh, we are blessed. I'm going to ask you to just take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Joshua, the first chapter. This is not all unfamiliar territory over here. Uh, I did two stretches of interim at First Baptist in St. Joe. So uh, know the folks over there real well in this area over here, but just the first time to be to Newton. Beginning in verse 1 of chapter 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over, to this, over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the setting of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to the fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, 
that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Father, thank you just for your word that we can come to on your day in your house to allow it to speak to our hearts, to challenge us, to stir our hearts for you. And Father, speak to us now in these moments together, for we commit them to you. For these things I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Chapter 1 of Joshua is a chapter about transition. Moses has died, and now Joshua is called upon to take on the leadership for the children of Israel to move them across the Jordan River and take up residence in the Promised Land. Big transition. But you know, all of us are in transition. Life is just filled with transitions. You know, when... We finish one grade in school and move for another. It's a transition. When we get married, it's a transition. When we have children, it's a transition. When we have grandchildren, it's a big transition. When we get older, it's a transition. We live in transitions, but I want to say to you that our God is a God of transitions. He's with us all the way through. And as He spoke to Joshua, and what Joshua was to, com to command the children to do is what he wants us to do. And I want us to look at four things this morning that God is telling us that we need to do in accordance to his word. First of all, I want us just to refresh our, our minds here on verses 7 and 8. He said, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law <coughs> shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Joshua was to say to the people and to lead the people to take God's Word into their hearts and into their lives so that it was to be an everyday, every moment part of their lives. They had to dwell on God's Word. Now, God's Word tells us over in Timothy... He says all Scripture, all of it, from Genesis through Revelation, all of it is given by inspiration of God. And that word inspired means in breathe. It's the same word that we find in Genesis when God breathed into man the breath of life. He breathed into His Word, His living Word. He said it is profitable. That word profitable means it's good for you. It is good. 
It is for your good. That's the reason he's given us. It is profitable for doctrine. In other words, to teach us the things of God, to help us understand who God is and what God requires of our lives. He said it's good for reproof. In other words, God's word tells us when we're wrong. Convicts us of our sin. He said it's for correction. In other words, it's to straighten us out when we need straightening out. To correct us. And for instruction in righteousness. To teach us. But in order for all of that to take place, we must spend time with God's Word. He said we do that in order that the man of God may be complete. Some translations use that word perfect. Some say mature. It's the same thing. In other words, grow up in Christ. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, what God's Word does us, it equips us to do the work of ministry to be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go. He said it's the doing of the Word. So we go back over to Joshua. He says there's some things we must do. First of all, he said we must... <coughs> I apologize for a cough here. About a month ago, I came down with COVID. And it went all the way into pneumonia. And I had a rough few weeks and I haven't completely cleared up yet <clears throat> so I've still got a little bit of rasp here maybe if I water it down it'll be okay first of all he said we must talk about the word continually in other words the book of the law he says shall not depart from your mouth it's to be ever present in our conversation we need to talk the Word. Now, I'll say this, in order to talk about it, we need to know it. The Scripture says, Study to show yourself approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. In other words, that is a diligent effort on our part to know God's Word and know it for our lives. I don't know about you, but uh, I've always enjoyed the game show Jeopardy. I just, I do. I, I like to match wits with the real smart people. And uh, I don't do real well at it. But I, I, enjoy, I enjoy doing it. But ever so often there will be a Bible category. It amazes me how many people who are so intellectually smart doesn't know anything about God's Word. They just, you know, they, I mean, they can talk physics and all kinds of stuff, but... But then every now and then, there'll be one of them that'll run that category all the way down right quick because he knows God's Word. We need to know God's Word, he said, and we need to talk about it. And one of the distinctive marks of our conversation is that it reflects God's Word that's hidden in our hearts. If it's in our hearts, it's going to come out through our lips. No one who hears you or hears me very long should have any doubt of who we belong to. They shouldn't. Over in Acts, 
the 26th chapter, I think it is, 27th chapter. Paul says, For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. In other words, I want you to know who I belong to, who I serve. It's our holy God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So he said, first of all, we need to talk about the Word continually. It needs to be on our lips. He said, we must think about the Word and contemplate it. He said, but you shall meditate on it day and night. In other words, if it's a constant thing in our hearts and our lives, we're going to think about it. We're going to mull it over. We're going to meditate on it. We're going to think deeply about it. We're going to look at God's Word and see how does it apply to our lives and what we need to do with it, what it's saying to us. When we read God's Word, we need to read more than just words on the page. We need to read it as God's Holy Word speaking to us and applying it to our lives. I can look around here and I can tell some of you grew up in the age that I did where one of the most important things you had in the medicine cabinet was something we call Vicksav. Y'all remember that, don't you? Rub it on. Man, I've slept a many a night plastered with it when I was a kid. But you know what I found out? It never worked unless you applied it. It's the same thing, you know, if you go to the doctor and he gives you medicine, it's not going to help you if you don't take it. <laughs> I tell people now, I take enough pills to kill a mule, but it's a good thing I'm not a mule. But, uh, but it's for my good. And the same thing with God's Word. He said we need to meditate it. We need to think on it. We need to contemplate it. We need to apply it to us. Not only talk about it, not only think about it, he said, but we need to take God's Word seriously. He says, so that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. In other words, it all applies to us. We don't get to pick and choose. You may go through the grocery store and you may look down through all the Campbell's soup can and pick and choose which one you want, but when it comes to God's words, it's all for us. It all applies to our lives. And not obeying God's word tells us that we don't take it seriously. This means that what God has to say about sin is sin. Like I said, we don't get to choose which is and which isn't. It means doing what He says concerning our marriages. It means doing what He says concerning our children. It means doing what He says when it comes to <coughs> uh, loving other people. And the list can go on and on and on. Applying God's Word to our lives. Ministering to others in Christ's name. James says it's not enough if you see somebody hungry and naked and just saying, God bless you, I'll pray for you. He said, you need to do something about it. About eight, 
Well, it's been about eight years ago now when I became director of missions in Deer Creek Association. Some of the fellows said, we, we, we want to do some mission projects, do some things that help people. I said, okay. Well, I said, well, let's, we'll do it then. And one of the things that we started back then, we started a wheelchair ramp ministry, and we started building wheelchair ramps for folks in need. Association pays for all of it. Pays for the materials. We go and build them to bless people in need. Most of them are elderly. They can't afford it. Even if they could afford the material, they couldn't afford the labor to hire it done. But when they call and say, you know, what, what, do, you, what do y'all charge to do that? We don't charge anything. This is a need that you have. And we're going to do it. We've built six this year uh, already. That costs us anywhere from $900 to $1,200, $1,300 each. But God's blessed us with funds to do it. Uh, every year we do our men and boys fish fry for the association. All the offering for that goes into that fund. And uh, I do a call them all out. And I say, I'll need some guys to help build a wheelchair ramp on this day at this time. And I've got, we've got a uh, ministry in Gilbert to our drug and alcohol-related men. There's several guys there. I called them. I said, you got some guys who can help build a wheelchair ramp? They said, absolutely. How many do you need? We'll have them there. We let them help build those ramps. And so we get to talk to them about Jesus as well while we're building them. We pray with those families when we get it. It's amazing. Sometimes before we get it finished, the people are out there on the ramp in their wheelchair trying it out. That's more than just hearing the Word. That's doing the Word. That's doing ministry. That's touching lives. And you can do it with almost anything when you hear a need. I was looking at something just this morning (coughs) that had come up, and I said, I'd never thought about that. Funeral director's son had posted that for some of the funerals, families were poor, They were struggling, and folks had gathered bags of groceries for the families to take home with them after the funeral to help them out. Simple thing like that. But being doers of the Word and not hearers only. Taking God's Word seriously and doing it. Not only will us talk about the Word and think about the Word and take it seriously, we need to trust the Word completely. He said, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Now he's not talking about finances here. He is talking about a life fulfilled and purposeful. When God is in charge of the outcome, it always comes out right. 
Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. Oh, I've seen God's faithfulness through the years in so many ways, and you have seen His faithfulness. And yet sometimes, as we've seen His faithfulness, sometimes we get a little bit down. We don't think God's working, but then we find out He is. Trust His Word. Listen to what He said to Joshua. Be strong, very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Be strong of good courage. I'll not leave you. I'll not forsake you. It's a transition time for them in Israel. God spoke to Joshua. It's a transitional time for you between pastors. It's a transitional time here. But God is a God of transition. God is a God who is always faithful. So we have the question before us, is God's word on our lips daily like it needs to be? The people around us hear it at school, at work, wherever we are, the grocery store. It's God's word in your thoughts daily. Thinking on it, meditating on it. Is God's word obeyed in our lives? Being doers of the word. When we see a need, go ahead and respond to it rather than, well, you know, that would be something that somebody ought to do. I remember years ago, I had a lady in the church that said, you know, so-and-so needs something. And I said, well, you know, couldn't you do that? <laughs> well, they hadn't thought about them doing it. But the preacher could do it, you know. But doing ministry is God's word trusted every day. Here, my Lord, use me. Here, my Lord, this is your day. Guide me in your day. Oh, taking God's word as his word for our lives. Maybe God's word is saying to you this morning that you need a relationship to Jesus Christ in saving faith. You've never given your heart and life to Him as Lord and Savior. Maybe He's brought you here and said this needs to be your church home where you serve and where you actively participate as a child of God. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Would you cleanse me? Would you make my heart whole again for your precious blood?
Maybe there's something else God's laid on your heart this morning. But whatever it is, we need to do it for Him because of what He's done for us. Let's stand and pray together. Our Father, thank You for the promise of Your Word. But Father, thank You for the challenge of Your Word. Father, for it speaks to us about where we are and where we need to be in relationship to You. Father, in these moments right now, I pray that You will just stir our hearts for You. That we'll respond to You and to Your will and to Your call upon our lives, whatever it is. Wherever, wherever You're leading. Father, may we be more doers of the Word than we've ever been. Father, speak to us now. For these things I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our invitation time is number 602, I believe. Need someone to pray with you? I'll be here to pray with you. If you need to come kneel at the altar, just come as we sing. I have to follow Jesus.